0: Declare bankruptcy!
1: Hello, my name is Sam Jones and I'm your podcast host. I'm a a coach here at Utah Valley University in the Money Management Resource Center where we help students with their finances. Um, And all kidding aside, outside of actually helping students not to declare bankruptcy, we help students to streamline their money management, particularly in areas of budgeting, student loans, debt management, and building credit. We'll equip you with the knowledge, skills, and behaviors needed to maintain complete financial control. Alrighty, I'm here today with Spencer Barclay. He's a local entrepreneur, and he wanted we wanted to bring him in to talk to you a little bit about entrepreneurship lifestyle and how you can incorporate it into being a student.
0: Spencer, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, Thanks for having me today, Sam. Uh, I'm Spencer Barkley. I'm the founder and CEO of Saveology, and I consider myself to be a serial entrepreneur in a lot of ways. I've, I've built and helped build startup ventures covering a lot of different areas of, of financial services, including credit, estate planning, investing, financial wellness, and retirement planning. Most recently, I was the chief operating officer of Benefit Guard, which was a venture backed 401k provider for small businesses. I helped develop and sell the company in a multi million dollar deal to Health Equity, where I then became the VP of Operations. Um, earlier than that, I earned my MBA from Westminster College, where I also completed my undergrad in economics. I met my wife there in our final semester. We now live in Lehigh and we have a couple little kids. Awesome.
1: Um, we, so as you can tell, Spencer has a lot, of, a lot of life experience and a lot of entrepreneur experience that he can add. Uh, Spencer, what are you currently working on?
0: So Saveology is my current venture. I'm the founder and CEO of Saveology. And uh, with this company, I have a vision to improve the financial security of millions of American households. So what, what we do at Saveology is we empower American households to reach financial goals and improve their personal finances. We do this by using technology to make financial planning more accessible affordable and more actionable than ever before so essentially we provide free financial plans to the public in five minutes or less so in five minutes you come to the site you answer some questions about yourself to set up your account and we give you a comprehensive financial plan a holistic report card and then very personalized action items to help you identify how you can improve your personal finances. So we actually launched this new company and product back in October of 2019. So in just the last uh, few months, we've developed a, a really comprehensive platform to plan and we've acquired several thousand users that we are now helping improve their finances. Wow, that's awesome. How did you originally come up with that, like the idea of Saveology and
1: kind of take us through the beginning to where it is now?
0: Yeah, I don't like to pretend that I came up with this idea on my own. I I knew when I left health equity that I wanted to solve the problem of millennials struggling with their finances. I've seen that same problem over and over again in in the startups that I've worked on. And I had a couple ideas for how I could potentially solve that problem, but it ultimately was the market and the customers that I talked to that pushed me in this direction. So we, we did more than a thousand surveys and hundreds of one-on-one interviews with people to understand their finances more. And that helped us really grasp what they're looking to do, which was find ways to get started in their finances and to better manage their finances and to prioritize you know, how they can improve. And that pushed us in the direction of, of finding that financial goals were really effective in helping people do those. And financial planning has been around for so long that it became natural for us to say, hey, we want to model traditional financial planning, but do it in a way that we can get it to the masses. So f- from that, it just took a couple months to figure out how to make financial planning free and accessible to a lot more people. And that's how we ended up with the idea.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love the vision. And I, I, th- I think it's so cool that it's free. Like, what a cool opportunity for people to come in to have no financial planning expertise in their own life, have no one to go to, then go find someone to get credible advice. It's awesome. Very cool vision. So we're going to switch gears a little bit from Saveology to I'm sure you've hired many students from school and out of school. What, what do you look for specifically in students that you hire?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. We, we certainly have hired a lot of students out of college, both in this venture and previous ones. And one of the things that I will say about it is that It can be very difficult to do, but it's also very rewarding. And so it's worth the effort of trying to find those right students. So a few of the things that I look for, uh, first and foremost, is raw talent. And that might be a little bit harder to describe. But I look for the people who are most ambitious and very capable for where they are in life. So I like to find the ones that are willing to work hard and they're passionate about either what they are doing or what they will be doing. And then, over time, we can help them develop some of the additional skills that they need that they need to be successful. Uh, but to start out, we look for that raw talent because those people end up being some of the most successful that I've ever worked with um, after second, I look for uh, some some degree of academic performance. I probably value this more than a lot of other people, but not necessarily for the case of saying good grades equates to good performance, but rather it's a prerequisite for me because I can look at their college experience and say, how well did this person apply themselves? And if they got good grades, whether or not they're the smartest person in the world, they were applying themselves within school. And that means they're more likely to apply themselves. And so over the last seven years, I I found a pretty good uh, correlation between that academic performance and hiring good potential candidates. And, And then I To go along with that a little bit, how they apply themselves, I also look for whether or not they were willing or able to work while they were in school. That tells me a lot about their commitment and their character. If they were willing to take on a part-time job, whether it's on campus or off campus, it tells me that they're willing to try hard things. It's not easy to do both, but I have once again found that people who were willing to work while also doing school are willing to do hard things. And then if if I can share just two more, Related to the academic performance, we do a separate intelligence and problem-solving test, and we, we found that that is really indicative of, of people's behavior, how they think about things, the problems that they can solve for our organizations, and more than anything, it helps us weed out some of the other ones. We, I've had interviews with people that they did such a good job with their social skills, their resume looked impressive, but then they completely failed this problem-solving test, and it tells me that they might not be able to meet some of the expectations that we have for them. And then finally, uh, for people that are doing an internship currently, we also kind of grade those interns for us to determine whether or not they're going to be successful in the company in in the long term. And the two things we look for on that are whether or not they're reliable and if they are self-starters. And if, if they can't show up to work on time or get the things done that we ask them to do, or if they have to constantly be told what to do and how to do it, they might not be the best fit within our organization. And so those two things of being reliable and being self-starters are what we look for in an intern once we brought one in.
1: Gotcha. And then by self-starter, you mean just those basic skills of being able to be given a project and then kind of run
0: with it? Yeah. They're, they're motivated to get things done. So you don't have to tell them everything and they don't come back to you to check in with everything. You can tell them, hey, this is your project. Give them some basic parameters. They run with it and oftentimes they make it better. And so those people who have like an internal motivation or or intrinsic motivation rather than extrinsic are ones that are often successful within the companies I've worked at.
1: Awesome. So you look primarily for raw talent, someone that's passionate about something and willing to to really work hard at it. And then you look for on top of the academic performance where, you know, they're applying themselves, they're getting good grades. Is that kind of is that right? The- yeah.
0: Yeah, academic performance. It it doesn't have to be, you know, a perfect GPA. Gotcha. But so someone who might be in that 2.0 to 3.5 range, I would ask a lot of questions about how they were applying themselves and, gotcha. and what led to them being in that grade range. There are people who get 4.0s, you know, perfect grade point average without applying themselves, and I still try to weed those out. That 4.0 in and of itself isn't what we look for as the indicator of success. Gotcha.
1: And then you look for also being able to balance things outside of school, like having internships, having credible experience outside of just that school. Is that correct?
0: Right. Yeah, I I view school, this is through my own experience, I view school as something that can be a part-time or a full-time job. But at that age, there's a lot more that you can be doing. And I, I don't want to say that people shouldn't have social lives, but I do want to say that there's a lot more to college than just getting good grades or going to class. And so I look for someone who got good grades and went to class, but who complemented that with learning valuable skills, getting experience through work, not just spending all their weekends party.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I think those are some great insights for students at UVU to help help them know what employers specific, specifically entrepreneurs are looking for in, in the kind of talent that they're hiring. Yep. Um, so I, from what I understand, Spencer, you've started a couple of businesses while in school. Tell me a little bit more about like why, why would someone when they're balancing work and all their academics, their social life, dating, their family, you know, all that stuff, why would they start a business?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I can share from my own perspective what I think that it is. But there, there's an argument to be made that your time in college is the perfect time to start a small business. And I, I think that probably comes down to about four different reasons. So first, your risk tolerance while you're in college is much higher than after college. Most people that are still in college don't have families yet, which means no one's relying on them for financial support. They can take risks that other people might not be able to. Uh, second so much of academia and what you're learning at school is theoretical that you don't always grasp or remember those things after you're out of school. And so having your own small business is the perfect way to go apply everything that you learn. Uh, I remember for me in both my undergrad and my graduate programs that I could take things that I learned that day and go apply them or test them in my business. And those lessons stuck with me a lot longer than just the theoretical principles. And then... Probably the last one is that young adults in general are just so creative and innovative and they don't necessarily have a fixed view of the world, which means that they can solve problems in new ways and they can think outside of the box. And while you're in, let's say, college and university learning new things, your mind is very open to those and you're ripe for disrupting something new. And you don't want to wait until your worldview has become biased in any way or you're shut off to new ideas to really start that creative process. So experimenting at that level is probably where the college students have a real advantage that others who are more established don't have.
1: Yeah, they kind of have a different way of looking, looking at the world, I like that. Um, something you mentioned, we, we talk about a lot in the Money Management Resource Center, it's called just-in-time learning, where students come in and they meet with a coach and they it's the first time they're out of the house, they're, they're dealing with all their finances and paying for school and rent and all these different things. And so the lessons we teach them is very applicable with their finances because it has immediate impact on their lives. And I like that about businesses, you know, starting a business while you're in school because you're learning these cool principles about the in your classes that are all hypothetical. But if you go and apply them in the real world, it's very, very applicable. And and now you can actually cement your learning. Absolutely. I love that. So, t- tell me, Spencer, what your biggest lesson is that you learned in starting a business while you were in school.
0: Man, it was four years of trying new businesses. I don't know if I could sum it all up into one lesson, but I probably could to a couple short lessons. Um, so, first one is I learned that there's not just one way to do business, um, there are thousands of types of businesses and millions of ways to be successful within those businesses. So, you don't need to fit the mold of either a traditional small business owner or an entrepreneur or a Fortune 500 CEO to be successful. You can be successful in your own ways. You just need to figure out what those are and apply your own strengths to those, right? What skills do you have and how can you make that into a successful business? Uh, So after that, I think that another lesson I learned is that success in business requires some degree of luck. And I'm I'm more talking about ultra success, right? Not just having a small business that works and, and pays the bills, but you you can only do so much in your business to be successful. After that, you need a little bit of luck to help you out. And things that you do when you work hard and connections that you make tend to increase the odds of you finding that success, right? They increase your luck. Uh, but at the end of the day, there are so many external factors in play that you your job really becomes setting yourself up for success, right? Aligning as many of those factors as possible so that you can happen upon luck, whether that luck is a new business partner or a contract that came out of nowhere you know, for a sale that, that you didn't necessarily expect. Those are often the tipping points in a business that make your business successful. And then finally, the last one, which is probably a more boring lesson, is it's super important to find the right co-founder or business partner if you are going to have one. And the reason why I bring this one up in particular is because when you're in college, you're probably most susceptible to this problem, which is you don't just want to go look for someone that is willing to start a business with you. You want to find the right person to start a business with you. And then once you have found that right person, take the time to divide up responsibilities. It doesn't work very well to have everyone have an equal say in everything. And that's a lesson that I didn't understand very well in college that I quickly learned in my first and second startups and wouldn't make those same mistakes again.
1: Gotcha. That's very cool. Um, tell me a little bit about how I, I hear often from students that it's, it's hard to balance work and school and, you know, all the social activities that they're doing. I mean, and you, you started businesses while you were in school. How are you able to balance school and family and, and, and starting a business and social life and all that stuff?
0: Yeah, I might not be the best person to ask about balancing all of these things, because I don't necessarily consider myself a believer in work-life balance, and I didn't practice it very well. Um, to give you two examples of that, while I was in my undergrad, I, uh, I did school full-time. Uh, I took on a higher credit, work, uh, higher credit load than I probably should have. I also worked full-time, and I started a business, so I, I was very busy during that time frame I did it so I could learn a lot right I thought it was a good time for me to do that and then during my graduate degree when I did my MBA I kind of did the same thing I took a three-year MBA program and accelerated it into one year so I could get done with it quicker while I was working full-time and running a business and it it's exhausting uh, but it led me to an important lesson which is that that work-life balance isn't what it really is about it's about having work and life work together so for me Work isn't separate from life. Uh, work is part of my life and it's a huge part of my life. And so I don't look for balance between those two. Instead, I find ways to make them work together, right? When when I'm at home, I don't leave all my work at work. When I'm at home, I often do work. Uh, but when I'm at work, I also take personal calls and I take time off work to meet the needs of my family and to attend their events. And so I try to find more of like a circle of harmony rather than a, a trade-off between the two.
1: Yeah, almost like instead of I'm at work and I'm solely at work and then I'm with my family and I'm solely with my family. You you balance it and you make time and your, your schedule is dynamic enough and it shifts as, as those different things come up.
0: Right. And if you learn to prioritize, that becomes a lot easier. Uh, and I've been through phases where I probably wasn't balanced in a good way, where I might have focused a little bit too much on work. But after you get things going in a new company, it allows you to balance and find equilibrium in new ways that you can't get in a traditional career.
1: Gotcha. So you said something that when when you prioritize it makes things easier. How, how do you properly
0: prioritize? Yeah, I think it's a give and take for everyone. You, you have to learn what is most important. For me and my family, we've, we sat down on more than one occasion to talk about what is most important in our lives. Um, and that changes over time at different stages in your life. But you know, we decided early on that for us, one of the most important things for us is our religion and our beliefs. And so that trumps decisions I make in a lot of other areas. And then next comes my family. And then third becomes work. And those intertwine a little bit because I have to support my family. And so in order to be a good father, I have to be a good provider as well. But when, when I know that priority of things, then it makes it easy to make your next decision. So I, I once heard a quote that was something to the effect of, if you make the, decision, the big decisions first, it makes the smaller decisions easier. Mm. So that, that's the philosophy that I run on. Now I know there are certain things that I will always be there for my kids or for my family, and that's regardless of what happens at work, because family is the priority over work. But then there are things outside of that where you have to, to learn to adapt with. Just try to make fewer small decisions and more big decisions.
1: Totally. Reminds me of the quote by Stephen Covey that He talks about beginning with the end in mind. And... Where we, and we talk a lot about this with students and their finances, with their budgeting, but, you know, understanding what's truly important to you from a broader perspective and then narrowing it down from day to day and prioritizing that. I like that. Okay, last, last question for you. Um, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, like day one, you're in college, what would you tell yourself?
0: It's a hard one. One piece of advice. So when, when I look back at my time, I think I'll start with a story, which is I I didn't know from the beginning that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, I grew up wanting to be a lawyer. I knew I was going to go to law school. Like Those were th- facts for me for 15 years. And I hadn't o- I opened myself up to new possibilities. And m- my life changed. Uh, I, I went on a, a church mission to Romania for two years. I came home and I had an, accident, an auto accident that ended up messing with the direction that I wanted my future to go. And I learned to play by a new set of rules. But the lesson that I really got out of it was that, and if I went back, I would tell myself, figure out what you want in life, right? Not necessarily just what you can do and what you can be good at, but figure out what you want. And I say that because it applies in college, right? Like, what, what do you want to do? What, what do you want your major to be? Not what are people telling you to do? Not just what are you most passionate about. You know, I think there are plenty of majors that won't cater to success, but figure out what you want. And if, if what you want is to be ultra successful, then you have to go one path. If what you want is a stable family, you, you go another path. So asking yourself that question, which is a form of prioritizing and beginning with the end in mind. W- when you figure out what you want, then you have a better direction and you will save yourself a lot of heartache and stress from bouncing back and forth between multiple things.
1: Gotcha. So if I could sum it all up, going back to day one of college, clarifying what you really want out of life and letting that guide you and lead you
0: with your decision making. Yeah, you said it much more clearly than I did.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, we're, we're glad to have you here today, Spencer. Um, Spencer's the CEO and founder of Saveology. And I think he's got a lot of great advice for us as college students of how we can be better employees and how we can start our own businesses in school and when we graduate. So thanks for having, we're glad to have you today, Spencer.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.